This is a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations with host Leah Lem. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health. Anine, hello. I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech, and thank you for joining me for these ongoing conversations, exploring how Indian country in Minnesota is responding and adapting to the current pandemic. Emotions and how we cope can feel and be complicated during times of unknown circumstances. COVID has changed all of our lives. So how do we keep emotional balance when there are so many difficulties? Today on the show, I'm joined once again by reporter, ally, and colleague Melissa Townsend, and we'll be highlighting voices from the Minnesota Native News conversations we've had all throughout the pandemic. And we'll reflect on these voices that explore a big theme today. How have people found the positives during times of hardship? During the state orders from Stay at Home Minnesota and Stay Safe Minnesota, we've kept our distance from friends and loved ones. Some have lost friends and loved ones to COVID-19, jobs have been lost or changed dramatically, and we want to recognize how hard that is. And during the pandemic, we've been reminded time and time again of longstanding racial injustice and inequities, those systemic, not failings, but successes of a system built on white supremacy culture. And our communities are no strangers to being resilient throughout hard times. So right now, we're going to celebrate silver linings, how people are being reminded to be grateful, how they're learning to grow while acknowledging the many struggles. We've heard from so many great people over the past six months. I can't believe it's already been half a year. So we'll hear those voices from Native Lights Bidapi, which I co-host with Cole Primo, a fellow Mille Lacs Band member, journalist, and my brother. And we'll also hear voices from this show, COVID-19 Community Conversations, which Melissa Townsend has been a huge part of. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Leah. You know, I ask you every time you're on the show here, how are you doing? (laughs) And it's always a complicated question, but how are you doing? I am good. I am good. I like fall. I like the cool weather. I like the changing trees. I'm good. Yeah, I've noticed up here in northern Minnesota, we have kind of a few turning leaves here. So uh, I kind of get excited. Might have a couple pumpkins out already from our garden. So they're sitting out on the deck. (laughs) So I'm excited too for fall. First things first, I'd like to start our show today with a reflection on a conversation Cole and I had on Bidapi with James Vukulich. James is a Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians descendant. He's an educator and a linguist, and he had a full schedule of traveling for work, teaching around town, teaching nationally, internationally, and not surprisingly, those work trips were canceled when the pandemic started. So we spoke with him a few weeks into the stay-at-home order, and James had been spending more time with his son and thinking about things he's grateful for. Here he is. Do you have a word that maybe you're inspired by through this conversation that you'd like to share? Well, I was talking about this word last night. It's Minwendum. Minwendum? Minwendum. Minwendum. 
And it really means that he or she is glad, he or she is joyful, he or she is, uh, is happy. I've had these little beautiful moments in the past three weeks, maybe walking with my son, listening to the birds. The birds are coming back here in the cities. I've seen the Okuchiwak, the Robins, the Miskobaneshiag, the Cardinals. There have been incredibly beautiful moments, uh, meals spent with my family, and just thinking about people who, who have not been fortunate with their health, that I've had a chance to see the sunrise, that I'm, I'm breathing with good health. I take a, for me, that gratitude has really helped me to, to keep my thoughts in balance. Balance is the part that I'd like to take a moment to talk about, which is a big motivator for the conversation today. Um, Melissa, is there a way you find balance or look for the positives? Mm, that's such a good question. You know, when when um, when trouble hits, I'm pretty good in an emergency. You know, I'm like, do, 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 get going, get going, get moving, start working. And so that's like, can get a little crazy, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. So I do need to balance that, I've learned, um, with slowing down and very intentionally slowing down. So when James talks about like, notice a bird, you know, notice a sunrise. It's like, it sounds a little cliche, but it's incredibly powerful just just to balance that kind of manic energy with just slow, breathe, look. Yeah, so that really works for me. Should just have a little sign in every room. (laughs) Take a moment and breathe. (laughs) Notice the small things. Maggie Thompson, who is Fond du Lac Ojibwe, is the owner, designer, artist, at Mukwa Studio, a small knitwear business. She and her team have made hundreds of masks for donations and for sale to the public and for healthcare workers. And we talked on Badapi about resilience and adaptation. And Maggie brought up a silver lining. It came with keeping her eyes open, kind of like James noticing more of the beautiful moments. Here's Maggie's reflection. I feel like I'm getting to know people in my building better, even though I'm like staying distant from them. But it's like, since we're all home, it's like whenever I go outside for a little break, it's like, I'll see someone new, but they've been here for five years, you know, like those kind of things. So it's like a time for people to like slow down and just realize things around them or people who have been around them that they've just never noticed. There it is again, um, really slowing down and seeing one another. Have you had that experience, Melissa? Yeah, you know, just last night, my neighbor comes home. Uh, she actually still works. She works in a hospital, and her kids are in childcare. She has four little kids. And, you know, she just pops over. I'm in the driveway. She comes over the alley, and, you know, we talk. And sometimes those conversations are really short. But recently, no, they're longer. <laughs> you know, she wants to hang out and chat with another adult, another mom, somebody who lives right in the neighborhood. And I just was like, I'm so grateful for that. You know, I just, uh, we gave her a a bag of clothes my kid just grew out of, you know, she's like, thanks. And I don't know. Yeah, just absolutely slowing down. And we had a little bit of a relationship, but it's definitely more now. And that's nice. Yeah, it's almost like the, the thing you want to see happen during hard times is a community kind of coming together or, you know, your smaller community getting stronger. I know we've had a lot of neighborly visits too. We live pretty remotely. So it is kind of fun to see like a neighbor person walking down a private road and then into a driveway to just come say hi. 
it feels different to have those connections now, whereas before, you know, maybe we'd just like wave at each other, like in passing kind of as a nice neighborly thing to do. And that's kind of keep it at that. But yeah, I mean, when we're craving a bit more connection, when we're not able to go like, you know, out and about. And so when we crave that connection, we can find it right where we are um, a lot of times. I think this whole vibe is based on a dream, (laughs) but I don't really know. You're listening to a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations, supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health. I'm Leah Lem. Coming up, we will hear from Dakota and Barikua musician Tufuan and his thoughts about art and how the pandemic has brought us into new territory in the fight for racial justice and equality. Right now, we are going to listen to a little bit of his song, Cinnamon, which has a video out now featuring the artwork of Marlena Miles, who is Spirit Lake Dakota, Mohegan, and Muskogee. She's an artist located in St. Paul. Today we're taking time to look at the silver linings that have emerged from our time in a pandemic. We're up against hardships, struggle, loss, and continued massive inequities. And we can spend a lot of time worrying and reacting to those things, and rightfully so. But remembering the good and noticing those good things, especially now, can help our thoughts stay in balance. So, Melissa, we've been doing this program now for a few months. Yeah. So I just, I want to thank you for working with me on this program. I couldn't do it without you and the rest of our amazing crew. And you've helped bring these voices to the air, which has been so great. So a silver lining for me is that we've gotten to work together more. We've had lots of tough conversations, but also fun conversations. And I'm glad it's you that's here with me. No, me too. Me too. The show and working in collaboration with you has just been grounding and um, and also helped keep my mind working in positive ways. So I love this too. Thanks. Sometimes, you know, going into a conversation, we don't know what's going to happen. We can be kind of nervous or I'll be a little anxious, but uh at the end of our conversations, it always feels like I'm a bit more uplifted. So that's been a, a huge, um, a huge touchstone for me during this time. Grateful for you and for all the people we've talked to through quote unquote this time. Uh, we've got a pandemic and continued violence and oppression, and it's hard to see through it all. And it's hard to keep that thoughtful balance. I was really struck by what you said in the introduction about how 
um, the oppression that is really coming to light is not a failing of a system, but a success of a system that's based on white supremacy. That is a powerful flip of the script. And I'm impressed by everybody who's working for social justice. And I've been thinking a lot about how social justice really requires compassion. You have to be compassionate with yourself and have compassion for others. And so we have to find resources to help us resist systems of oppression. Rafael Gonzalez is a hip hop artist. His stage name is Two for One, which refers to his cultural identity because he's both Dakota and Baracoa. And he says it's his music that helps him resist. When you think about hip hop, hip hop is something that was created by Black and Puerto Rican youth in the inner city of New York, in the Bronx, in like the 70s and 80s. You know, and so this was always a form of expression that was used as a way to not only pass time, but to resist, you know, uh, systems of oppression that were designed to fail marginalized youth. Um, And so this was something that kind of saved us in a lot of ways. 100%, right? Uh, Resistance through art. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what art is a lot of times. So it's important that we have these artists (laughs) that are added voices that are raised to speak and that is an act of resistance um, and, and truth-telling. And, you know, back to two-for-one Rafael Gonzalez, and he talks about being a hip-hop artist and all that means to him. And that also means that he has to take time away from performing and away from making music to be a part of some of these really important movements that are happening right now. And he talked about that um, last week on the show. All of that stuff, was put on hold, especially during the the heightened parts of the uprising and the movement to to find justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all of the victims of police brutality. It's just a really big movement. And I don't think my generation has ever been this close to revolution. And so even though there are a lot of people who are angry about the looting, I get that. But at the same time, there has to be conflict before we can get to a place of liberation. We have to go through these phases. I I hear what he's saying. It's there is this historic just consistency throughout history of this ebb and flow of tension and resistance and um, overcoming uh, you know, we're just in a moment now that look, that is the way it is and we need to overcome. So, you know, another moment in history. Yeah, especially in the time of the pandemic, I keep thinking about health equity, right? So we all, we have racism, we have oppression, and that shows up in how healthy people are and who is getting sick and who is dying from COVID-19. So we had this conversation with Jackie Dion. She's Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa, and she's head of Native Health at the Minnesota Department of Health. And she says, if there's a surge of COVID cases in an area, and there are a lot of people with severe symptoms, doctors have to use a decision-making tree, which is basically based on the idea that they will give the most help to the people who are most likely to survive. Here's what she says. If the decision-making tree is for who's most likely to benefit are stay alive, 
if you have an American Indian person with comorbidities, um, they're already at a disadvantage to being given a ventilator, right? So somebody who's white, you know, pretty pretty good health, uh, needs a ventilator and will get past it and survive. So it puts to light the fact that we have such huge health inequities in the state of Minnesota that we've seen in the population all the way up until COVID. In order for that decision tree to be something different, we have to work on the fact that we all have the ability to be healthy um, no matter what the color of our skin is, and that just has not been true. So when inequity is revealed so plainly, like what can we do about it? What's next? Uh, So I'd like to play a bit of a conversation that Cole Primo and I had with Shelby Shelder on Badapi, or I guess, should I say now, Dr. Shelby Shelder. Yay, Shelby! Yay! (laughs) Dr. Shelder is from the Little River Band of Ottawa Indians and, and is graduating from med school from the University of Minnesota. And here's some of our conversation. And has experiencing a pandemic, like, strengthen your desire to practice medicine in any way? Yeah, it has. It's also frustrated me because, um, so right now I'm actually working on a paper um, for school about the racial inequities that we're seeing with COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've always known that these racial inequities existed, right? But COVID is really bringing these to light and it's become really frustrating, but also in a sense, like motivating me to keep going and remembering that it's important that I um, pursue this career. I struggled growing up um, not having health insurance at times and being really frustrated and then realizing that in college that that's like a systemic thing that I could work on. Um, but realizing and having that perspective is really special and that not a lot of doctors come in with that background. And from the CDC, there's more and more evidence that some racial and ethnic minority groups are being disproportionately affected by COVID-19. And there are all these inequities in the social determinants of health. There's poverty, healthcare access, and all of those things go into and influence health outcomes, quality of life health comes, and all of those health risks that we see out there. And I'm so excited to have her perspective added to the field. Now that she's a doctor, Shelby recognizes the struggle and recognizes those related social determinants of health. The more Native folks we have as doctors, the more and more our perspectives are added, and I feel better about how we'll be treated. Um, So I'm very hopeful uh, seeing more Native doctors enter the field and to hear her digging in during the pandemic, like not shying away or just kind of giving up and being like, oh, this is a big issue. What can I do? But she's digging in. So even through the frustration of seeing those inequities, um, it's really great to see. Yeah, the same way Shelby is using her early life to kind of fuel what she wants to do in the world, Susan Bolio is kind of doing the same thing. She is a citizen of the Red Lake Nation. She's a mom living in Brainerd, and she works with tribes to curb opioid abuse. She says the pandemic has given her opportunities to work on early trauma and to deal with all of those old feelings in healthy ways. 
change is hard anyway, but when there's change and you don't know when that end date is, that makes it even harder, especially for people who've experienced lots of trauma, right? We're so, we sort of grew up in this chaos and this sense of unknowing. So one of the things I recognized for me is that there were a lot of emotions coming up from my childhood that I had repressed around feeling hopelessness and helplessness and feeling stuck and feeling like it was never going to end. And so it was not easy, um, but it it was incredibly healing for me. Mm. As we deal with this trauma of the pandemic, what a great resource to be able to tap into and to be able to understand trauma and how to cope in healthy ways. Exactly. I love what she says about what she does when she feels anxious about all the change and how hard it is to handle it all. When I start to feel that anxiety about you know, the, the upcoming school year and, you know, in just a few weeks we'll be, we'll be starting this. Um, just that, like remembering that it's going to be uncomfortable for a while because we're figuring out something new. And anytime you're working, you're trying to do something new, it's uncomfortable. And so how do we sort of just be in that and recognize it and name it and move through it until we find our new, our new normal, our new flow, um, and, and that's going to take some time. So I think for me, remembering that and having some compassion <laughs> for myself around that is going to be important. So Yeah. So again, it's another invitation to be compassionate with yourself and to slow down. And that can be extraordinarily hard. But I think it's what we're invited to do right now. Yeah. It's like th- this time, the the silver lining of this time is... For a lot of us, not for every, each and every one of us, but there's an opportunity to be introspective and to work on healing and that compassion uh, for ourselves and for others. Um, it, it's a learning opportunity. So we've heard all of these voices today and they've helped kind of illuminate that through hard times, looking to the good is a real strength and helps fight despair. Things are really in flux right now. And so getting real clear on what your role is and what role you want to play is is a a great thing to do. Mm, That's a lovely connection because that compassion for yourself, uh, that uh, self-reflection, that learning makes you a better makes me a better citizen to be able to stand up for injustice and stand up for what I believe is right um, and create art (laughs) and uh, be a voice. Uh, So yeah, I I, I think that's a, it's a great time to um, assess and, um, know yourself better. Before we say goodbye, I'd like to leave us with some wisdom that Patina Park shared. 
She's Minakanju Lakota, and we talked with her earlier in the pandemic on Pidapi, and she talked about her role with the state as the director of tribal state relations systems implementation. And she and her colleagues have risen to the challenge of working through crisis and have added focus and desire to get things done. And she shared this with us. You know, my dad used to say this, you know, got to be the buffalo, right? Buffalo run through a storm. They don't sit there like cows and wait for it to pass over them. But it's really bad in that intense moment running through it. Um, but they get to the other side faster. And I kind of keep reminding myself that this is what this feels like. Like we're, we are literally running into the storm right now, but there will be an end to it. Katina Park says that hopefully she and her colleagues will be a more collective and collaborative unit after the experience. But to the point of the buffalo and how they run through a storm. So getting through the storm... Getting through this storm, this pandemic, and these trying times is an active process. And we can choose to have that attitude and that strength to get through the pandemic. I see that strength in so many people, our doctors and nurses and healthcare workers. I see that strength in our teachers, our children and our students, caregivers and artists in leadership, our tribal leaders, our elders, And all those who take the time to wash their hands a bit longer, make sure to wear masks, and do what we need to do to get through this storm. So thank you so much for chatting today, Melissa, and sharing those stories that will also help us get through the storm. Yeah, for sure. And a goal, you know, get through this. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting, Melissa. I loved it. Thanks, Leah. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And thank you for listening today. Chimigwech. Thank you to James Vukulich, Maggie Thompson, Rafael Gonzalez, a.k.a. Two for One, Dr. Shelby Shelder, Susan Bolio, and Patina Park for sharing your perspectives and voices with us. Gigawabamin, and I wish you health. I'm Leah Lem. Minnesota Native News Special Edition COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. There are so many people we've talked to during the pandemic, and all those conversations can be found on our Minnesota Native News website, mnnativenews.org. We have this program, COVID-19 Community Conversations, plus much more, including quick daily updates and a weekly health report with voices from Minnesota Native communities. Find us at mnnativenews.org or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Life suck like lies and just dimes. I'm really not an optimist at times. I'm really trying hard to live my life. Somebody give me light and hit me twice. I need a new buzz or a different vice and just give me life. Give me that plug and I'm not talking about no drugs. I say give me that love because I know it's different.